Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of sexually transmitted infections, or STIs, found under the Infectious Disease section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a general overview. STDs are one of the most common gynecologic emergency room presentations. All sexually active partners should be screened for STDs. Risk factors include multiple sexual partners, unprotected sexual intercourse, young age at first intercourse, and men who have sex with men. Common presentations include ulcerations of the vulvovaginal region, abnormal vaginal discharge, inguinal rashes, inguinal lymphadenopathy, and abdominal pain. And 25 to 50% have multiple genital tract infections. Now let's discuss different STIs in more detail. Primary syphilis is caused by Trypanema pallidum, which is a spirochete. It appears in 2 to 10 weeks and presents as a painless genital ulceration, referred to as a shonker. Evaluation includes dark field microscopy, a VDRL and RPR test, which is a rapid but nonspecific screening test, and FTA-ABS test, which is specific and diagnostic and considered the gold standard. Treatment is with penicillin. Secondary syphilis is also caused by Trypanema pallidum, which is a spirochete. It appears one to three months after primary infection. Its presentation includes a maculopapular rash on the palms and soles, a fever, headache, and generalized lymphadenopathy. It may also present with condylomatolata, which are moist lesions on the genitals, which are highly infectious. Treatment is with penicillin. Tertiary syphilis is caused by Trypanema pallidum, which is a spirochete. Its presentation may include an aortic aneurysm and aortic regurgitation. There may also be granulomatous gumas of the central nervous system, heart, and great vessels. Treatment is also with penicillin. Gonorrhea is caused by Neisseria gonorrhea. It may present with dysuria, urinary frequency, and purulent yellow-green discharge. It may progress to PID, and it has a high rate of co-infection with chlamydia. It can also cause proctitis in the setting of anal intercourse. Evaluation should include cervical and urethral cultures for chlamydia and gonorrhea. It may also include a clean catch urine culture to rule out a UTI. One can also perform a saline, KOH, or gram stain of the vaginal discharge, and remember that all sexually active women 24 years of age or younger should be screened. Treatment is with ceftriaxone, and one should also treat for presumed chlamydia infection. Remember that if urethritis is refractory to azithromycin, then one should consider trichomonas and treat with metronidazole. Chlamydia is caused by chlamydia trichomonas serotypes D through K. It is often asymptomatic, but it may cause dysuria, cervicitis, PID, lymphogranuloma venereum, or infertility. It can be evaluated with a chlamydia antigen test, and remember that all sexually active women 24 years of age or younger should be screened. Treatment is with tetracycline or doxycycline, as well as azithromycin for cervicitis. One can use erythromycin base or amoxicillin in pregnancy. Remember that you do not need to routinely treat for presumed gonorrhea infection, but should in patients with confirmed gonorrhea or high-risk patients. Venereal warts or condyloma acuminata are external lesions associated with HPV 6 and 11, or endocervical warts caused by HPV 16, 18, 31, and 33. They are transmitted sexually and have an incubation period of 1 to 6 months. 
it presents with painless, soft, fleshy, quote-unquote cauliflower-like lesions. And the lesions can be on the vulva, vaginal wall, the cervix, and the perineum. Evaluation was with the biopsy lesion with 5% acetic acid in order to detect condyloma cuminata. Remember that no treatment is satisfactory. Relapse is frequent and requires retreatment. Treatment modalities can include podophylox, which is an antimyotic, cryotherapy, laser surgery, or electrocauterizations. Biopsy and amiquimod, which is an interferon inducer, are widely used, but require multiple applications and frequently fail. Remember that the presence during pregnancy does not require cesarean section. Herpes is caused by HSV type 2. It may present with paresthesias and burning, followed by painful vesicles and ulcerations. In primary infections, patients may present with fever, malaise, and adenopathy. Evaluation can include a zinc smear for lesions suspicious of HSV. Treatment is with topical acyclovir ointment during a flare-up and oral acyclovir to decrease the rate and severity of a recurrence. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to sexually transmitted infections, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with rectal pain. He states that he constantly feels the urge to have a bowel movement. He has noted a clear yellow discharge when he wipes. He is otherwise healthy, smokes one to two cigarettes per day, and is sexually active with both men and women. His temperature is 99.2 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.3 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 85. Pulse is 72 beats per minute. Respirations are 16 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 100% on room air. Physical exam is notable for yellowish rectal discharge. A rectal exam causes significant pain and is terminated per patient request. Which of the following is the most appropriate management for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1, acyclovir. Choice 2, ceftriaxone and azithromycin. Choice 3, ceftriaxone and doxycycline. Choice 4, colonoscopy. Or choice 5, nucleic acid amplification testing for chlamydia and gonorrhea and outpatient follow-up results. The best answer to this question is choice 3, ceftriaxone and doxycycline. This patient is sexually active with both men and women and is presenting with rectal pain, discharge, and tenismus. This is concerning for sexually transmitted proctitis. He should be treated with ceftriaxone and doxycycline empirically. Proctitis can be caused by many possible etiologies, including bacterial organisms and sexually transmitted infections. Patients will complain of pain on defecation, tenismus, and rectal discharge. A rectal exam will demonstrate tenderness and discharge. The exact findings depend on the causative organism. Common causative bacterial organisms that cause proctitis include gonorrhea and chlamydia. This occurs more frequently when penetrative anal intercourse takes place. These organisms may cause a thick rectal discharge. If the diagnosis is suspected, nucleic acid amplification testing should be sent. However, the diagnosis is made clinically and should be treated with ceftriaxone and a course of doxycycline. Any sexual partner should also be treated. 
The publication by Hamlin and Taylor reviews the rectal manifestations of common sexually transmitted infections. They note that chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes simplex virus, and syphilis commonly present with rectal symptoms and recommend that making the diagnosis is critical for the correct treatment. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. A cyclovir is the appropriate treatment of a herpes simplex virus infection, which would present with painful vesicles, ulcers, and pustules that cluster together. The diagnosis can be made clinically, though PCR may confirm the diagnosis in uncertain cases. Choice 2. Ceftriaxone and azithromycin is inappropriate treatment of gonorrhea or chlamydia, as guidelines suggest that doxycycline is superior to azithromycin unless the patient cannot tolerate doxycycline or is pregnant. Choice 4. Colonoscopy would be indicated as a screening test for colon cancer in a page age 50 or older without risk factors, or may be indicated in the workup of chronic abdominal pain, Crohn's disease, and ulcerative colitis. Given this patient's rectal symptoms, including discharge, it would not be indicated at this time. Choice 5. Nucleic acid amplification testing for chlamydia and gonorrhea and following up results prior to treatment is inappropriate as treatment should be started empirically based on clinical symptoms alone. The physician should obtain NAAT in this patient, but antibiotics should also be started empirically. Finally, a bullet summary. Proctitis in sexually active men should be treated with ceftriaxone and doxycycline to cover for chlamydia and gonorrhea. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 21-year-old man presents to the emergency room complaining of pain upon urination and a watery discharge from his penis. It started a few days ago and has been getting progressively worse. His temperature is 98.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 122 over 74. Pulse is 83 beats per minute. Respirations are 14 breaths per minute and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is notable for a tender urethra with a discharge. Gram stain of the discharge is negative for bacteria, but it shows many neutrophils. Which of the following is the most likely infectious etiology of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are, choice one, chlamydia trachomatis. Choice two, Escherichia coli. Choice three, Neisseria gonorrhea. Choice 4, Staphylococcus saprophyticus, or Choice 5, Trichomonas vaginalis. The best answer to this question is, Choice 1, Chlamydia trachomatis. This patient is presenting with a tender urethra with a discharge and a negative gram stain, suggesting a diagnosis of urethritis from Chlamydia trachomatis. Urethritis in men presents with dysuria and urethral discharge with numerous neutrophils on urethral swab. Urethritis in men is most commonly caused by two categories of sexually transmitted infections. In gonococcal urethritis, patients present with purulent discharge and gram-negative diplococci on gram stain with Neisseria gonorrhea as the offending agent. In non-gonococcal urethritis, Patients present with watery discharge, which demonstrates no bacteria on gram stain, since it is intracellular. Chlamydia is the most common offending agent in non-gonococcal urethritis, and it is the most common cause of urethritis overall. 
Azithromycin is a good choice for the treatment of non-gonococcal urethritis because it covers chlamydia and other common causative organisms. It is often given with ceftriaxone, which offers double coverage for Neisseria gonorrhea. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Escherichia coli is the most common cause of cystitis, which presents with dysuria and leukocytes, bacteria, and nitrites on urinalysis. Trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole is a first-line agent for the treatment of uncomplicated cystitis. Choice 3. Neisseria gonorrhea is the most common cause of gonococcal urethritis, which presents with a purulent urethral discharge and gram-negative diplococci on gram stain. Ceftriaxone, with a single injection, is the most common treatment for gonococcal urethritis. Ceftriaxone would be appropriate if the patient presented with purulent urethral discharge and a supportive gram stain. Patients treated for gonococcal urethritis are generally treated for a chlamydia trachomatis infection since there is a high rate of co-infection. Choice 4. Staphylococcus saprophyticus is a common cause of UTI in young and sexually active women. It is less common a cause of a UTI when compared to Escherichia coli. Choice 5. Trichomonas vaginalis is a less common cause of male urethritis. It can present with pruritus, but with less specific symptoms when compared to women with this condition. If the patient did not respond to antibiotics, this diagnosis could be suspected. Metronidazole is the treatment of choice. Finally, a bullet summary. Chlamydia trachomatis can cause urethritis, which presents with urethral discharge and a negative gram stain. For the third question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 25-year-old male presents to your clinic complaining of a yellow discharge from his urethra. He states that for the past week, he has had pain with urination and yesterday the discharge developed. He admits to unprotected sex with multiple sexual partners. Gram stain of the discharge is performed, which demonstrates a gram-negative intracellular diplococci. What is the most appropriate treatment for this patient's condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Doxycycline Choice 2. Penicillin G Choice 3. Ceftriaxone Choice 4. Azithromycin Or Choice 5. Ceftriaxone and Azithromycin The best answer to this question is choice 5, ceftriaxone and azithromycin. This patient has an uncomplicated gonorrheal urethritis that should be treated with an injection of ceftriaxone. Patients treated for gonorrhea should also be treated with azithromycin or doxycycline for chlamydial co-infection. Gonorrhea is the second most common sexually transmitted infection behind chlamydia and is a common cause of urethritis in men or cervicitis in women. The causative organism is Neisseria gonorrhea, a gram-negative intracellular diplococcus. Patients typically present with purulent yellow-green discharge, dysuria, urinary frequency, and a solitary erythematous nodule on the penile shaft. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Doxycycline is used in the treatment of chlamydia, not gonorrhea. Choice 2. Penicillin G is used in the treatment of syphilis not gonorrhea. Choice 3. Ceftriaxone is an appropriate treatment for gonorrheal urethritis. However, it should be combined with either azithromycin or doxycycline in order to treat chlamydial co-infection. Choice 4. Azithromycin is used in the treatment of chlamydia, not gonorrhea. That's all for this review.
about sexually transmitted infections, or STIs. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.